Okay. Um, yeah, we. You can put up the the title slide, and then I'm gonna pray for us just for this afternoon. And I'm I'm excited to say that we are gonna have some ministry at the end. So we're gonna we're gonna zhoosh it up this afternoon. And I'm going to preach, but then we're actually going to pray for each other a little bit. So I know that's a bit uncomfortable. I know if you hear, there's normally this game that I play, Introvert's Nightmare. I love it. I thought we should get a slide design, the Introvert's Nightmare, and do it every week for five minutes. Just to get people to mix, to mingle, we won't do that. But um, this afternoon is going to maybe stretch you a little bit, but I think it's a good stretch, actually, that we come outside of our comfort zones, that we come outside of the liturgy of having church as a, an hour and a half or two hours where you come in, you know exactly what's going to happen, and you leave, but that we stretch, that the body can minister to each other, that we can pray for each other, either pray or receive prayer. That's actually what it's about. We're supposed to come together and live this thing out even on a Sunday. Amen. So it's going to be a stretch. Hold on to your horses. I think it's going to be good, and, and if you allow it, I think God is going to grow you this afternoon. So let me pray for us. God, we thank you so much for your goodness as we come together this afternoon, Lord. Thank you for your closeness that we were able to celebrate and that we're still able to celebrate, God. As your Holy Spirit was poured out, thank you this afternoon that we could experience it still. 2,000 years later, we could experience your closeness by your presence coming so close to us, Lord. And so I just pray for this time, Lord, as we speak, God, come and stretch us and come and teach us how to build your body, how to build this church in the way that you teach us to build it. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Amen. 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 Right, so I want to uh, just quickly, so I'm going to speak about hearing God's voice for others. Those of you who were here last week, Henry shared a brilliant message about hearing God's voice. And so I'm just taking it a step further to say we shouldn't only hear God's voice for ourselves, but we should be able to hear God's voice for others. In the Bible, this is called prophecy. So in a sense, I'm speaking about prophecy today, um, but want to just speak about some of the principles that Enray laid down to, for us to be able to take it further. Do want to encourage you, if you, were here, if you weren't here last week, that you would go onto Spotify, apparently. Um, I don't know, so the, some people said to me they, they're not on Spotify, they want Apple Music. But Spotify is fine. It's on Spotify. It's also on the website. You can go onto joshchain.co.za and click on sermons. You can go listen to last week's sermon. I want to encourage you. It was really a brilliant thing, a brilliant message that were um, tools that I think will equip us in how to hear God's voice. Who was here last week? Who enjoyed it? You have to say, because Andre is sitting here. That was a bit soft. That was a bit soft. But we can, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enra had his hand up. We enjoyed it, and he had his hand up. So <laughs> seems like he enjoyed it. Anyway, I wanna so so quickly just start. Um, my little two little girlies are there at the back. Lenka and Clara, they are three hundred and sixty-four days old. Tomorrow will be their first birthday, and yeah, it's amazing. And we've had an amazing year so far, and, and with all of you, it's going to tie into the message now, but I just want to say thank you to all of you who have been part, who have come and just helped out where you could. It's been an amazing year. And so exactly a year ago, on the Sunday, I remember the morning waking up, Carla woke me up and she said, uh, Leonard, I think my water broke. And I said to you, what do you mean you think it broke? It either broke or it didn't break. It's, it's, it's nothing in between. Did it break or didn't it break? And we spoke about it, and, and it... <laughs> I think it was about, I don't know, five in the morning or f yeah, something like that. And she's been up for an hour and a half and she felt too bad to wake me up to go to the doctor. And she, she said, shame, the poor doctor's sleeping. I don't want to wake the doctor. 
And I said to her, no, 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 we're paying something like 40,000 Rand for this exercise. You phone the doctor right now. <laughs> we're going to the hospital. Anyway, on the way to the hospital, I sent a message on the elders group saying, hey, guys, I'm supposed to lead the meeting or meetings tonight. Please, someone step into my place because I'm not going to make it. I don't think I'm going to make it because I'm getting babies today. So it was, it was an exciting moment. And we had the, the, the two most beautiful little twin girls were born and it's been an incredible year with them. And so here's one of the things that I just noticed in the last few days that's going to tie into my message tonight. See, when I was younger, some of you are still like this. I got really excited by my birth, for my birthday. Anyone that still loves having their birthday. Okay, most of you. I really enjoyed it. I would get excited. You know, Christmas and birthday would be the one evening or the, the one day of the, the year that I would sort of count it off. And, and I'll go to my mom the whole time. Who feels sloppy snog? How many sleeps is there still left to get to my birthday? And all I want to know for my birthday is what am I getting as a gift? And I was so excited to open the gift to see what was given to me. Most of the time I sort of knew, but you, you don't want to be disappointed. So you like can't wait to get to your birthday to open this gift. And I remember the, the excitement of receiving gifts. Anyone that remembers that excitement from when you were young, it's an excitement that's so difficult to explain. It really is difficult to explain. You want to burst out of your skin from excitement when you open that gift and you saw you got the CD that you were asking for. All the young people are like, what's a CD? <laughs> Don't know what a CD is. Anyway, it was when I was young, that's what I got, CDs. That was, that was a gift. That, it's something that plays music. It's, so Spotify, back in the day, CDs, okay, you with me? It's not funny, <laughs> not a funny joke, but anyway, so I remember the excitement of it, it was incredible, I just, I got so ecstatic about these gifts, and now for, for the baby's birthday, um, we received a few gifts for them, and I was really excited about that, but one specifically, my, my mom sent, she asked, what, what can I get for their first birthday, and you know, Lego is very cool, actually, but Lego is too small. You can swallow Lego, and it, you can't give it to babies. So there's this new thing that I didn't know existed. I don't know, maybe when some of you were younger, it existed, called Duplo. You know Duplo? Okay, so it's just me. I only learned about Duplo now. It's like Lego for babies. It's big Lego. It's, it's the Lego company that makes it, but it's bigger Lego that you can play with. So I told my mom, I think Duplo would be a good gift and she was quite busy, and I said, no, it's cool, I'll order it from Take-A-Lot, it'll be delivered here, and she gave me a voucher for my birthday, and I took some of my money and bought another pair of, du like another Duplo set for a gift from our side to give to the babies, and I was ecstatic about the Duplo. <laughs> I was like so excited about receiving this Duplo, not because I'm going to play with it, because it's like three blocks that you put together and it's a panda bear, that's... <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> it's not that that's exciting for me, but I was incredibly excited to be able to receive that gift that was given from my mom to give it to the babies. I, it felt like that same excitement, and I must admit the one I've already opened, and it's only their birthday tomorrow. I just couldn't keep it in. They were playing on the carpet, and I thought, you know what you need? <laughs> when I was a child, I had to wait, but with you, it's going to be different, so... I opened up the one Duplo and I gave it to them to play with and they actually loved it. And, and it's, it's so interesting how as I've matured over the years, 
I know I look 21 like a student. I'm, I'm a bit older than that. So as I've matured over the years and, and grown, it's interesting how it's gone from being really excited for what I receive, which is still good. I still get excited about a gift, I must be honest. But seeing that excitement transfer to actually receiving something to give to someone else, that is what maturity has done in me. When I was young and you gave me a gift to give to someone else, I would have wanted to keep it for myself. Let's be honest, right? With the little babies, if I give them something, they don't want to give it to their sister. They need to mature. And as they mature, one day they're also going to come to a place where they're excited to give gifts to others. Now, spiritually, based on last week's message, leading into this week's message, I want to say that maturity in the kingdom of God, maturity in the church, does exactly the same thing in us. Who remembers the first time, I don't know, this might not be for all of you, that you received a teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and someone prayed for you and you were excited to receive some of these gifts from God? Anyone? Okay, a couple of you. And this is maybe a new concept for you. But I remember when someone prayed for me for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I was 17 years old. I'll tell a little bit more of that story later. But I was extremely excited because the things of God were new to me. I'd grow, grown up in a home where we would tick off the, the Christianity box. We would call ourselves Christians, but I was not in a living relationship with God. And then when I was 17 years old, I got saved. I went on a camp. I came into the presence of the Holy Spirit, came into the presence of God. My eyes were opened up to the love of God, and something within me shifted. And then someone told me that, listen, this is not it. You're not only getting saved, but God actually wants to give you gifts he wants you to maybe, not for everyone, but maybe he wants you to speak in tongues. Maybe he wants you to dream dreams. Maybe he wants you to give, to give you a gift of healing so that you can pray for people for healing. And I was extremely excited about it. Anyone else? I think a couple of you, when you heard the things of God, maybe not even the gift, but when you heard about the love of God that you could receive, the presence of God that you could come into, those are exciting times. And spiritually, what I found is over the years... It's been so interesting to see what's happened in me that initially I was only excited about the things that I could receive from God. I was excited about the gifts that God wanted to give me. But as I've grown up over the years, I found that sometimes I get more excited by being able to give gifts to others than being able to receive a gift for myself. And that's a beautiful journey. It's a beautiful journey, the journey that I think God wants to take all of us on. And I even want to say that tonight, as I'm sharing about hearing God's voice for others, you know, hearing God's voice for yourself is amazing. It's amazing. Feeling the leading of God, listening to a message and it hits your heart and you know that God has just said something to you through that message. Opening up the Bible and as you read it, it's just, it cuts your heart and you're like, whoa, God, I've never seen this. Thank you for changing me. As you're praying and you just experience the love of God, those are hearing God's voice, and that is extremely exciting. Amen? It's exciting. If you haven't experienced that yet, man, I want to pray for you that you would experience that, experience receiving from God. It's incredible. That's hearing God's voice. But I want to say, as you mature, there's actually something better, because hearing God's voice is primarily for me. It's primarily for what I receive, and it's a good thing. It's something we all need in our lives. We need to receive from God. But as we mature, God wants to take us on a journey from only hearing God's voice for ourselves, but to hearing God's voice 
to give it to others so that others can grow. And I want tonight, I'm trusting, if I can have one prayer for tonight, I would pray that God would teach us to be excited about the gifts that others receive through us, even more than the gifts that we receive directly from God. And so that would be my prayer. So God, I'm even going to pray that just now, Lord. I, I want to ask you, Lord, that you would teach us, that you would mature us, even tonight, even this afternoon, well, through a simple message, God, I'm, I'm only a messenger, God, but I know that eloquence of words is going to do nothing this afternoon. Only if you come by your spirit and you give us an excitement to see your body being built, if you open up our eyes to the beauty of the church that becomes healthy through gifts given through all of us, Lord. So I just pray for that revelation. I pray that you would open up our eyes, God, and I pray that you would make us excited about the success of others that comes through us. Amen. So what, I'm gonna, what I want to do is, um, oh, yes, here's a quote. It's, it's my quote. So you can, you can put it on TikTok with the dance. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> hearing God's voice is God's gift to you. Hearing God's voice for others is God's gift to the church through you. Should I say that again? For the BX students, I'm going to say that again. Hearing God's voice is His gift to you. It's, it's a good gift. But hearing God's voice for others is God's gift to the church through you. Did you get that? It's God's gift to the church through you. So God is not doing it willy-nilly. He's doing it because He wants the church to grow. He speaks to you for others. You know that God can also just speak to the others. But because he wants the body to come closer, because he wants unity within the body, because he wants his church to grow, he doesn't only speak to individuals, but there are some things that you're never going to hear directly to God because you need someone else to hear it for you. That's what God destined prophecy to be. I mean, think about it. Why else would he do it? Why? Prophecy doesn't make sense. If God speaks to us, then why can't I just hear from God the things that I need to hear from God? Does that make sense what I'm saying? But God wants us to need each other. God wants the body, the church, to function in such a way that we have to hear for one another so that there can be growth, so that the body can be built together. So let's look at one of the main passages that speaks about this. Now I'm going to slowly go through it, and I want to say that Paul uses the same argument. It's actually something that Jesus says. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. That's the principle that I'm advocating here for tonight. And Paul uses the same one. He does it with a bit of a twist, and we're going to go through it. And he speaks about the difference between tongues and prophecy. So we're going to speak a little bit about tongues, but tonight is not about tongues. It's about prophecy and the gift of prophecy to the church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 5. You can put that up for us, please. So I'm going to go through it slowly but surely. And I want to uh, ask you, if you go home, if you spend time with God this week, or if you're in community, to specifically go read, slowly, slowly, go read through 1 Corinthians 12, speaks about the gifts, 1 Corinthians 13, which speaks about love, and 1 Corinthians 14, which speaks about the gifts. We're going to get to it. It's beautiful. Someone explained it to me a long time ago, that the gifts, in the center of the gifts, is love. Actually, it's, it's, it's love. It's God's love working itself out into the church through the gifts. That's why the, the chapter of love is put in the middle. But go read through uh, chapter 12, 13, 14 specifically, and we're going to go through 
these few verses slowly but surely tonight. Verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So I'm going to stop there. The Bible teaches us that all of us, every single Christian, should have a desire for spiritual gifts. You know, we've got this dichotomy that we create in the church that says in Afrikaans, it's the best way I can say it because Afrikaans people have this dumb phrase, if I have to be honest, groot christene en normale christene. That's a false dichotomy. There's, there isn't something like that. There's not something like a big Christian and me. That doesn't exist. Where Paul is speaking here, he says every single Christian should have a desire for the spiritual gifts. It's not wrong. It's a good thing. But then he says, yeah, you can desire the spiritual gifts, but I'm going to elevate one of the spiritual gifts above all the rest. And he says, especially desire the gifts. Go read about it on your, in your own time, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. Desire those things, but especially desire that you may prophesy. So if you're sitting here this afternoon, I want to say that I think the best place to start is actually to pray a prayer in your heart right now, to say, God, I desire to prophesy. We can look at why now, but just, just in your heart, just say, God, I desire to prophesy because the Bible encourages me to desire to prophesy, to desire to hear your voice for others. Then Paul goes, and he, he, he's going to set the case now for why prophecy Hearing God's voice for others is actually more important than speaking in tongues. It says, for one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. That's how we define tongues. It's mysteries in the spirit. No one understands what you're saying. No one knows what you're saying when you say, karasabanda, karasabanda. <laughs> they, they don't know what you mean. No one knows. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Then Paul says, okay, that's on the one side. But then he says, on the other hand, the one who prophesies, meaning the one who hears God for others, speaks to people for their upbuilding. Say upbuilding. And encouragement. Say up encouragement. <laughs> and consolation. Say upbuilding. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's saying this side, when I speak in tongues, which is a good thing. Listen, I speak in tongues more than all of you. No, I'm joking. That's what Paul said. <laughs> like, I do speak in tongues. When I pray, mostly when I don't know what to pray, I just pray in tongues. Most of my prayer times, I just start by praying in tongues. I don't know what I'm saying. It's mysteries that's spoken to God. It's like mysterious prayers that I don't know, but I know God is praying. And in a sense, what it does, what Paul says, is when I speak in tongues, it builds me up in my faith. That's what it does. And so it's a good thing. You need to listen to me. I'm going to advocate for prophecy being more important, but that does not mean that tongues is unimportant. I think it's good to have a desire to speak in tongues. Do I believe everyone speaks in tongues? Some people in Josh Jen, some elders in Josh Jen would disagree with me. I don't think everyone needs to speak in tongues. I think the Bible makes clear that we are different parts of the body and different parts function. But we're going to get to that. No, uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. But I think every Christian can desire to speak in tongues. And if you've got a desire, then it might be a godly desire. So ask God. If he doesn't give it to you, he doesn't give it to you. But at least desire and ask. 
Because Paul said he desires that all would speak in tongues, actually. And so it should be our desire that all of us would be able to speak in tongues. Although that's not the case. It doesn't always play out that way. So anyway, I pray in tongues. I think it's important. And what it does is it builds me up in my most holy faith, the Bible says. But then Paul contrasts it. And he says, we tongues build up the individual, prophecy, and he says prophecy is there to build up, to encourage, and to bring consolation to the church. So the one is for me, the other one is for the church. And Paul is saying what we give, what God gives us for the church is more important than just me being built up in my faith. Amen? That's what he's saying. And that is the goal of prophecy. It's to build us up. If you receive a prophecy that does not build you up, but it breaks you down, then I don't think it's a prophecy from God, actually. It's not a prophecy from God. Shame Godfrey the other day, someone sent him a prophecy, and he sent me a message distressed, saying, listen, I don't know what this is speaking about. If there's anything you see in my life, please speak up about some sin in his life. And, and I'm like, Godfrey, is the sin there? No, it's not there. Then just let it go, man. Let it go. It's not for upbuilding. Actually, the Bible here says it's for upbuilding. It's for encouragement. Prophecy is there to encourage the people around us. I hear from God for you so that you can be encouraged and want to walk closer with God because I feel encouraged. And it's there for consolation. I don't actually know what that means completely. but <laughs> To console us to one another. huh? To comfort us. Comfort us or to bring us closer to one another. That's some honest preaching right there. <laughs> Okay, then it goes on. Verse, I think, verse 3. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Listen to what Paul is saying. Paul's desire is that everyone would speak in tongues. And so when I look at you, when I meet you as a young Christian, or just as a Christian, I need to have that same desire to say, ah, yes, I desire for you to speak in tongues. But then Paul goes on and says, but even more that you would prophesy. So Paul is saying all of us need to have a desire for the spiritual gifts. All of us need to walk in some measure of the spiritual gifts. But if we could pick, we pick the ones that would bless others and not the ones that would bless us. That's the way of the kingdom. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. How's that? Unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Now, I'm not going to go into the semantics of tongues because it gets complicated and people have questions. I think there are different types of tongues in the Bible, if I can quickly go through it. I think there's, sorry, yeah, I'm supposed to, but there are, there are different types of tongues in the Bible. I think there's a tongue where, as the Bible says, that I utter mysteries unto the Spirit. I don't know what I'm saying. And it builds me up. So that's not a tongue that needs to be interpreted. How does that make sense? Because it's just building me up. Why do I need to interpret? It's not for others. It's for me. The Bible makes it plain. Then it says that there are certain tongues that is there and it needs to be interpreted because when it gets interpreted, it builds up the body of Christ. Those things normally freak me out. When I bring a visitor to church, I hate it when someone comes to speak in tongues over the mic. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Anyone else like me? Okay. Some are honest people in here. The rest of you are holy. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with it. I shouldn't struggle with it. I'm being honest here. I struggle with it, but I shouldn't struggle with it because it's biblical. The Bible says when a tongue gets spoken 
publicly and it gets interpreted, then it builds up the body. It does the same thing as prophecy does. It's a good thing, but I just get uncomfortable with it because I know that visitors get uncomfortable with it. But the church is not for visitors. Sorry, visitors. It's not for you. <laughs> the church is for the family of God who comes together. And when visitors come, that's great. And we want to accommodate and we want you to find God as well. But we can't, we can't make lukewarm what we're doing to accommodate visitors. Does that make sense? That you call seeker sensitivity. You're toning down what you do to accommodate, to be relative. The church is not there to be uh, relevant, sorry. The church is not there to be relevant, actually. And so there are some things, listen, believers, there are some things that's going to happen in church that's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make the people that you invited uncomfortable. But it's okay. Trust God in the uncomfortability. Because the church is primarily there for Christians, not for non-Christians. The, the church is there for those who God has added to the church. And so if a visitor comes, even if it's uncomfortable, we need to be okay with the uncomfortable. We need to be okay with the weird and wacky sometimes in our following of God. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not comfortable with it always. But I should be and I should push myself. I hope it makes sense. It feels like that was something that needed to be said. Um, okay. So Paul goes through these things and he says... It's much better to give than to receive, actually, and he, and he highlights those things. But I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, I hear what you're saying, Leonard, but just uh, there are some people that when they close their eyes, they, they seem to see right into heaven. And as Henry said last week, all I see is McDonald's or Burger King <laughs> when I close my eyes. And you feel like it's just not your thing. You feel like you can see other people do it. And, and you've tried. You've closed your eyes so hard that it actually hurt. And you've tried your very best. And all you do is see these weird things in your mind. And you know it's just your thoughts. And you've tried. And you think, this isn't me. I, I get that other people can do this. But I've tried and I haven't succeeded. And I'm scared to say, put up your hand if that's you. Because I know there's a bunch of you in here. I just feel like, cool, I hear you. But Leonard, it, I, I don't know how this actually works. I'll tell you a little bit about my, my story, about tongues and actually prophecy. So the, um, the first time that I was exposed to tongues, the guy who led me to the Lord, an amazing guy, it was in the Dutch Reformed Church, the guy who led the youth was like radical, radical. He would pray for healing, he would take us on crusades, we would go door to door and evangelize. It was just radical, radical, the things that, that, that he did. And so it was Pentecost time. The church that I was in, the Holy Spirit came once a year for three days. That was Pentecost time, more or less this time. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people would fall over in church and speak in tongues. Monday, no more of that, okay? It was there for, for, for um, Pinkster. It was only there for Pentecost. Anyway, but we were in this church, and, and as we were going through Pentecost, he, he taught us about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he taught us about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I was angry for it. I thought, yes, I want this. And I remember he lined all of us, we were a bunch of friends that got saved together, lined all of us in front of the church, and he started praying for them, and he, and he prayed for my friend, and my friend would fall over, dunk. And the next friend, pray for my friend, and my friend would fall over, dunk. Pray for my friend, friend would fall over, dunk. And I'm standing here at the end, and everyone's flat on the floor. And I'm like, here we go. Here we go. And as I'm standing waiting, he comes and he prays for me, and nothing happens. And he moves on. Prays for the next person, donk. Prays for the next person, donk. 
people start speaking in tongues, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on here? And I remember this turmoil in me as a young Christian walked out of church, and I felt so angry with God. I felt like I wanted to tear my Bible, but I thought there was going to definitely come lightning out of heaven if I do that. <laughs> so I had this like intense faith, which is a good thing. But anyway, and I remember just as he was praying for people, he, he, he said, he prayed for us for speaking in tongues. And he was a great guy, really. I still admire him, look up to him. He's an amazing guy. But one of the things that he did is as he went, he would pray in tongues and he, would, he said, okay, pray after me. Karasabanda, karasabanda. <laughs> it's easy. If you can't speak in tongues, all you say is karasabanda. It's quite easy. Teaching you it's a life hack there. I'm, j- I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, he would say, just say after me. Say after me, say after me. And I said after him, but I didn't speak in tongues. I just said after him. And so my first uh, encounter with this was like, I don't know about this actually. I don't know about this thing. And God had to redeem it in me and actually come in a different way. And then with prophecy, he taught us about prophecy. And my friends would come together and they would start praying for each other. And stand there. And I remember my my one friend, a a girl, she, she stood there and she said, I just see a treasure chest. And God says that he's got a treasure for you. And, and, and I just thought, oh my head, I'm not seeing anything. You're definitely lying. All of you are lying. All of you are fakes. I'm the only honest one here because I'm not seeing anything. And God had to come and wrestle with me. So if you're feeling like that, I want to say, I, I understand. I understand. I had to wrestle through this thing to come to the place of, sh- of shying away behind the excuse to say, oh, that's others, I'm not there. I had to wrestle with this thing and say, God, if you say this is a good thing for me to do, then I want to do it because I want to see your body being built up. So whoever you are sitting here, you can prophesy, I believe it. You can have a desire for prophecy, actually. Um, yeah, and anyway, so, and, and I think just one thing to say with that is, I remember that, that girl that prophesied there that saw the picture of the treasure chest. She, she would use this strong language. God showed me a picture of a treasure chest. God said this. God said that. And I just think sometimes that's so unhelpful, actually, because God did not appear out of heaven and say that to her. At best, she received some impression. She closed her eyes and she had a picture in her mind like we can have a picture in our mind. And God highlighted something to her at best. But because of the bigness of the words, I was put off of it. And I thought, well, I'm not seeing the God said. I'm not hearing God's voice audibly. And so I think those words are not helpful for us. I think at best we can say, I was praying for you and I, I had this impression of a picture. Or I just saw a picture in my mind. And I think what God wants to say to you is this. That humility, actually. And that might have been easier for me to, um, to, come, to come behind. So if you're sitting here, I get it if this is a difficult thing for you. But we can't hide away from it. Actually, we need to say, God, I want to be part of building up of the church. So how do we prophesy? How do we actually do it? I'm going to look at two scriptures specifically. And, uh, and highlight them and go through it. Uh, Romans 12 verse 6 is the first one. I find this incredibly helpful. Again, Paul is speaking here, and sorry, let me just take a sip of water. Paul is speaking here, and um, and he says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So Paul starts off here. This is an incredible passage. 
I think maybe a year ago or so, I preached on the Romans 12 gift. It should be somewhere online. I think it's a good sermon. I think it was three sermons to go listen to, to see where God is calling you. Because what Paul is saying here, in effect, is he's making sure that we understand that there's a different grace given to each of us. We're different parts of the body, so we'll have different gifts that God wants to bestow on each of us. He says we've got different gifts according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. And here's the key. Then he goes through a couple of them. I think he goes through eight, if I'm not mistaken. But he says, if prophecy, if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in proportion to your faith. So here's the thing. You get prophets, and you get those who prophesy. I'm not a prophet. I prophesy. Okay? There's a big difference. Some people have a larger portion of faith that was given to them with regards to prophecy. So have you ever been in a room where someone just Godfrey sometimes? He would go, he'd prophesy over four or five people, and you just think, that's not me. And you pull away. Listen, it might be that he was given a bigger proportion of faith, but you also have a portion of faith, even if it's a little portion of faith. For you, it might just be saying, I read my Bible And where I read about the love of God, I just experienced to say to you, hey, God loves you. That's okay. That might be your portion of faith. That's actually okay. And for someone else, they can tell you what you had for breakfast two weeks ago where no one saw. (laughs) You get those people. They just, they, 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 they literally, I don't know, they, you know, they can tell you weird things. And I've been part of those things. But actually, it's okay. The first scripture to look at, how do we prophesy? We accept our limitations. We accept the fact that there will be those who are more gifted prophetically than we are. But even if we come by just a little portion of faith and say, God, just, just a little bit, Lord, come and, come and teach me uh, to prophesy. So this is how someone with a small portion of faith, me, Leonard. I've got bigger portions of faith with other things. My small portion of faith, this is how I prophesy. And this is, this is nothing who are. I come... When I pray for someone and I want to prophesy over them, I don't always receive a word. Let's just say that first. And that's okay. I don't always have to receive someone for everyone. But if I come and I want to give a prophecy to Henry, just sit forward. No, it's fine. It's just the mic. And I pray for him. All I do, this is Leonard now, is I pray and I just start thanking. I'm not prophesying. I'm just thanking God for Henry. But as I'm thanking God, I'm trying to listen as I'm praying. That's actually possible. It's like, you open, you open your heart to God. And I'm like, I'm praying, but I'm praying simple prayers that I don't have to think about too much because actually I'm, I'm putting my eyes on God. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to hear from God in a sense. And I pray for Enra and I say, God, I thank you so much for Enra's life. Simple prayers. Lord, I thank you that you have, have a, a journey that you're walking with him. Thank you that you brought him here, Lord. Thank you that you've, you've done such good things in his life. Why oh, just stay quiet for a bit? And I just, I thank you. Thank you, God, for Enray. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, I thank you for his life. And I just, what I'm actually doing is I'm just coming softly alongside him and I'm just praying to God. And then I didn't, I'd, I never receive a picture. I've never received a picture. I don't think I've ever received a picture in my life. Lots of people do that. But what I do is then I trust God that he would lead my prayers. And I would start praying for something that I'm feeling on my heart. Just praying. I'm not saying God said. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I'm just, I'm just praying. Lord, I thank you that um, I'm, I'm, I'm not prophesying now. <laughs> I might. 
I thank you that you want to redeem something of the past in Enri, Lord. Thank you that there are things that's, that, he has died, that he has hidden under the ground, Lord, that you want to that you want to come and unearth in a sense, Lord. And I just pray that. Then I'll just pray, but I'm still listening from, for, from God. Lord, thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, God. I thank you that you want to come and redeem. You are the God who redeems. You are the God that even takes our mistakes from the past, Lord, and you redeem those things. Thank you, Lord. And I'll just keep praying like that for a bit, and I'll trust that God. And you know, sometimes I'll pray for something, and I don't feel a ping in my heart. But sometimes I'm praying, and as I'm praying, I'm just trusting God, just lead my prayers. And as I'm praying, I just feel like, ding, that's right. I'm praying for the right thing here. And as I keep praying, I, I feel it again, ding, that's right. Ding, that's right. That's how it feels for me. It's like a radio that is off tune, and then it comes into tune. I don't know what to sing now. But <laughs> you still think it's out of tune if I sing, so... I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but it just comes into tune. That's what it feels like. I, I'm praying for him, and I feel like the it's not there yet. And I'm just praying until I get to the place where it's in tune. Does that make sense? That's me with a little portion of faith. It's not glamorous. It's not big. Oh, I'll pray for him, and I'll just think of a scripture, and I'll pray about that scripture. And then I'll go to him, and I'll say, Henry, I think God said, listen, let's not be cocky. Unless God appeared with an angel out of heaven and you heard him audibly and he said this is the Lord your God speaking do not fear and he touches your lips I, I don't think we should be people that go around willy-nilly saying God said because actually we'll get to it but that's the next one but the Bible says that we all prophesy in part meaning none of us have fully made it none of us fully see what God wants we get an idea of what God wants and so our language should be language that portrays that I think I'm hearing from God. Because that makes that when Henry takes it, he doesn't go to God and gets angry if I missed it. But he knows that there was humility in which I brought it. And he knows that it was brought in love and with care, and it was there to encourage him. I'm only going to tell him something that's going to encourage him. If it's not encouraging, I'm going to take it to his leaders rather. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 verse 9, as I just mentioned, how do we prophesy? For we know in part... And we prophesy in part. Let me tell you two quick stories. Then I'm going to move to, to ending. Um, there's this prophet guy. He's, he's legit a prophet. I think he like sees stuff above your head when he prophesies for you. He's a real prophet. He's not prophesying. He's a prophet. He prophesied over me twice. I'll share the success story and then the failure story. Because even that prophet, I believe, missed it. Now I, I know he missed it. Um, so once he, he prophesied over me, I was, it was in 2009, I was in my first year of Bible college, and he prophesied and he said, he said to me, Leonard, I see you in the streets of Cape Town evangelizing to people in a creative way. That's what he said. And I thought, you know what we do sometimes with prophecy? This is like big prophecy. I don't, we shouldn't go around giving those big prophecies, not willy-nilly. But he prophesied that over me, and I thought, that's so weird, God. I don't feel called to going to Cape Town. I don't feel called to, um, to evangelism. That's not what I feel called to. But you know what? Here's a good lesson for you. We don't run after prophecy. Prophecy gets fulfilled. I didn't now say, okay, I need to get to Cape Town. I didn't do that. Uh, it's not that I put it on a shelf. I'll pray about it. and I'll say, God, if this is what you want to do, then you come and do it. But even Paul, when it was prophesied that he was going to be locked up when he went to Jerusalem, he didn't let prophecy sway him. He still went to Jerusalem. 
So we don't change our direction completely with prophecy. We just go on seeking the Lord. It should be confirm, confirmation. And so prophesize this over me. I forget about the prophecy. In 2010, uh, my mom goes through a very a big uh, difficulty in her life, and she tries to commit suicide. And she ends up in a clinic, and she's in hospital. And my aunt phones me, and she says to me, Leonard, I'd love if you could come to the family to be with your mom. She's being booked into a clinic. She explains what happened. And everything in my heart, it's in Joburg, wants to get on a plane, and I want to go there. They said, we'll buy the tickets. Just tell us when you'll go. And I'm thinking about it. As I'm thinking about this trip, I, I realize it's over an outreach time that I would have done with the Bible college. And I need to decide, am I skipping the outreach? Would would be fine because the Bible encourages us to be there for our families. Or should I go on the outreach and, and not go to my family? So guess what the outreach was that I did back then? I was part of a church called First Love Church. We joined, it was the 2010 Soccer World Cup. And I was asked to lead a little group of four to go to Cape Town with a church, a weird church called Josh Chen at that time. I didn't know that was my first contact with Josh Chen to go and evangelize around the World Cup in Cape Town as people were here for the World Cup, to go in creative ways, to take a guitar, go sit and play guitar, hand out chocolates, tell people about Jesus. That was the outreach. So what did prophecy do for me there? It confirmed. It's like, okay, God, I know what to do. He hit it. It was good. Then the same guy, I'm spending time with him, and he prophesies over me that he, he thinks he knows who my wife is. And I'm not married to that lady. Let's <laughs> just say that. She is married to someone else. She has children with this other guy. I have children of my own. I know that I followed God in, 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 meet, in meeting Carla. I know that I, Carla wasn't even in the picture back then. I don't even think when he prophesied it. I just knew that this, that wasn't my wife. I think I knew why he received that prophecy. He needed to go speak to her. She was in love with me, obviously. For obvious, I was <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, but he missed it there. So even a prophet can miss it. I, I know he missed it because I, my wife is back there. Praise God. It's given me beautiful children by her. It's beautiful. But, um, but he missed it because all prophecy is in part. So we carefully now we do it. And when we come, because we know that all prophecy is in part, we come humbly and we come in love. I'm going to quickly read you this last scripture, and then I'm going to go, um, then we're going to end. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. You can prophesy, but if you're not prophesying and people feel loved, you shouldn't be prophesying. You shouldn't. Rather leave it. So how do we do it? We come with humility, knowing that I, learn, that I know in part. I come with my faith, whether it's a big faith or small faith when it comes to prophecy. And I come in love, knowing that if it's not in love, I'm not going to say it. If someone's not going to be built up, I'm not going to say it. I come in love, and I make sure that that person feels loved. Because even if I missed it, and it should be, go listen to last week, it should be in line with Scripture. But even if I missed it, then at least that person still felt loved. Amen? Amen. Okay.